Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. What happens when things completely fall apart? What happens in your life when things completely fall apart and it has nothing to do with you. What happens in your life when things just take a turn for the worst and you didn't see it coming? How do you handle that? How do you handle when life feels like it's falling apart and it hits you in a way you never saw it? What happens when life falls apart? But it's because of something you did. A decision you made. How do you handle, how do you walk through life, how do you respond when life seems to be falling apart? It's because you haven't lived the life you've committed yourself to. How do you handle that? For the past six weeks, For the past six weeks, we've been walking through the Gospels and we've been talking about the questions that Jesus asked. We've been walking through the Gospels and and looking at the questions where Jesus kind of laid them at the people's feet. He kind of put them in front of them. He challenged them of how are you going to respond to my questions, my challenges? But at the same time, we've not only looked at how they responded, it's been put in our lap and saying, how are we going to respond to the questions that Jesus has asked? We've had questions like, who do you say I am? We have to be able to articulate that in life. We've had questions like, do you want to get well? Jesus wants to move, and he has moved in people's life, but how are we going to respond? That's maybe more complicated than it looks on the surface. We've just been asking questions of how do we respond to Jesus, and today we're on our seventh and our last question. And for our last question, we're going to go to John chapter 21, okay? So if you have your Bibles... Maybe you have your phones. That's how you, uh, that's how you engage with Scripture. Pull that out. Today, um, John 21 is the last chapter in the book, the letter of John. It's the last chapter, but there's something really interesting, I think, about this chapter. See, if you read the very end of John chapter 20, it kind of feels like this is where John is landing the plane. You know what I mean? This is John's final thoughts. This is what I mean. Let me read you the last two verses of John chapter 20. It says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. 
Doesn't that sound kind of like a closing to the book? Hey, there's lots of things that happened, some that are not in this book, and the reason I've told you them is so that you can believe in Jesus and you have life in his name. And it's almost like, okay, it's landed. But have you ever been to a concert before? I've been to a concert before, and, 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 and at the end of the concert, after the last song of the set, what do people do? Do people start going to the gates and, and running out? No, what happens? They start murmuring. What do they say? Encore. They start clapping. They start clapping. What are they doing? They want one last song. They're clapping. The band, we want you to come out again. We want you to sing another song. We want you to sing that song that we haven't heard yet. We've been waiting for one. And so what does the band do? It comes out and people explode. They excite. They know it's coming. The band has planned for this, right? They knew it was coming, and the people want it. They want one last song to send them home happy. They want one last song to remind them why this concert was incredible. The band wants to give them one last song. So as they're leaving, they go, man, I want to hear them again. Man, I want to buy their record. I want to, I want to, I want to download this song, this, this, this set that I just saw a lot. Like, like, they're just like, we, we had such a great time. It's that last word from them. John 21 is an encore, in my opinion. It's almost like it could end in John 20 verse 30 and 31 but there's one last thing that John wants to tell us there's one last picture he wants to give us it's like he's got one last thing before he closes the letter down I want you to remember this after everything I've written, I want you to remember this. That is John 21 to me. And so can I read it for you this morning, starting in verse 1. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the other two disciples, they were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told, told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore by the disciples, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. And he called to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the other side of the boat, and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. 
And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water, and the other disciples followed in the boat, towing the, full net, uh, the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back in the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dare ask him who you are. They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and said, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, son of jo Simon, son of John, here's our question. Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus, uh, Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things, and you know I love you. And Jesus said, Feed my sheep. In the Japanese culture, there is something called kintsuji. Kintsuji. Kintsuji is the art process of putting broken things back together through using mostly gold glue. This is a picture of Kintsuji here. Maybe you've seen it before. There is a belief in this culture that says just because things are broken doesn't mean you have to throw it away. There's a belief that says just because things went bad doesn't mean they're unrepairable. In their culture, there is beauty that is found in putting pieces back together. There's beauty in realizing that brokenness can become beautiful once again. It can become beautiful in the right hands. The pieces are still there. All you have to do is find the right person with the right vision, with the right talent to bring it together. As I read and talk about Peter and Jesus, I want you to think about Kintsuji. Think about that concept. Because, because this is a big moment in Peter's life. This is, as I said, the kind of final word that John wants to give us. I don't know if you know the backstory of how we got here in Peter's life, but in case you don't, it's several cha uh, chapters earlier, a couple years earlier, Peter is out on the water. 
and he's fishing. Now, he's not fishing for fun like many of you may go fishing. He is fishing for his career. And one day, they're coming back to shore after fishing all night, because that's when it was mostly done. And they had caught no fish. And he hadn't caught any. Caught any. Kind of reminds you what I'm speaking to today, John 21. And there Jesus is. He's on the shoreline. And he, and, he, and he speaks to them. And he asks them, you don't have any fish. No, we don't have any fish. He says, okay, throw your net on the other side of the boat. And when they did this, if you know the story, you know what happens. It looked a lot like John 21, that their nets became so full, except the nets began to tear away. There was so many fish, and in this moment, Peter realizes there's something different in Jesus. And it's in this moment, Jesus gives an invitation to Peter. Jesus gives an invitation to Peter for a different life. Jesus gives Peter an invitation for a greater purpose in life. He invited him to usher in the kingdom of God here on this earth. He offered Peter a chance to be part of of this, and it was in this moment that Peter's response to this invitation was a resounding yes. He loved what Jesus had offered him, he loved what Jesus had invited him to, he loved the potential of this kind of life. So it says he dropped his nets and he left everything behind. This is Peter's story. In an act of obedience, he says he was leaving everything behind. He's leaving this life. And in that story, it says that Jesus told him, you'll no longer fish for fish. You're going to fish for men. And in complete obedience, he says, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Now, for the next months, couple years, Peter followed Jesus everywhere. For the next months and a couple years, Peter saw incredible things. He saw the heart of Jesus. He saw the power of Jesus. He had a front row seat of who Jesus was. Peter saw everything, and he was all the way in. But if you know the story of Peter, things didn't always end up like we hoped. Peter's decisions didn't always line up, and there was this one night where Peter... After Jesus has been arrested, it says he's in the middle of a courtyard and there's a fire burning. And a young lady walks up to Peter and, he, and she says, wait, you're from Galilee, aren't you? Aren't you with Jesus? And he denies even knowing him. Two more times that night in that courtyard... People come up and they're like, you are with Jesus, aren't you? And he adamantly denies even knowing the man. And after that happened, after Peter went against everything that he said he was, after he betrayed Jesus, 
You have to understand this is such a big moment because previously he has told Jesus, I will go to prison. I will die. I will never deny, betray you. But there he is doing it. And it's in this moment Peter falls apart. He runs away realizing what he has done. And this is where I need you to have your imagination. What do you think it felt like for Peter to have just betrayed Jesus? Can you imagine the brokenness that he feels in this moment for what he just did? Not only was Jesus arrested and he's going to be killed, his life is going to be taken, in the very moment that Peter had a chance to step up, he had a chance to be strong for Jesus. He had a chance to live out his commitment. He had a chance to do what he said he was going to do. He failed miserably. And what he's left with is a broken self. He's left with pieces what have I done? This is Peter's life. This is what preceded John chapter 21. This is what got us to the place of this last part of John's letter to the people. And so I'll tell you again what I think John is doing is he's giving us a picture. He's giving us like the last Word. The last thing he wants people to see is this is the picture of Jesus and how he responds when people are broken. This is the picture of Jesus. The last picture I want you to have. The last song in the concert. I need you to see this. This is how Jesus responds when people have fallen apart, are falling apart. And so today, to end this series, to end our conversation, after all the teachings, after all the questions, what I want us to end with is the picture that John gives us so that we can hold on to the Jesus that he wanted the world to see. And what I see in John 21 are three major things that give us the best picture of Jesus we possibly can have. And the first thing we see in John 21 is that Jesus meets us wherever we are. This is the picture. This is the last song. This is the take home. This is the thing people do, that John didn't want people to miss. It's that Peter was not looking for Jesus. Jesus went looking for Peter. It's right there. Peter was back doing what he did before he met Jesus. Peter was back in the water. And for the second time, Jesus comes to the shoreline and meets Peter where he is in life. Maybe Peter feeling guilty. Maybe meeting Peter when he's feeling sad. 
Maybe it's meeting Peter where he's feeling undeserving because of what he did. He may be meeting Peter when he feels like a failure. He's meeting Peter when maybe in his mind he's thinking, I've lost my chance. Because I said I was committed to Jesus. But I've proven I'm kind of not. Maybe I've missed out on the chance of doing what Jesus had called me to do, what he invited me to do. Maybe he's meeting him in this place of not sure where he stands. You know what that feels like, doesn't it? When you mess up. You know what that brokenness feels like when you're like, I know I did something I wasn't supposed to do. I know I went against who I said I was. That you've, you felt those feelings of guilt and shame. You felt them of like, I'm so undeserving of what God called me to, and here I sit. But Jesus, But Jesus came to the shoreline. He met him where he was because Jesus had to have a conversation with him. And the major thing in that conversation was that he needed to redeem Peter's life. He needed to restart Peter where his life was supposed to be this whole time. See, the second picture I think that John gives us is not only does Jesus meet us wherever we are, he redeems whatever we've done. And may this truth, if you've been brought up in church, never be lost on us of how powerful this is. Maybe you have this picture of Jesus that John is giving, and you've heard that, that picture, the last word, the, the, the message of Jesus. Maybe you've heard this for years. My prayer is that we, it's not lost on us of how amazing it is that Jesus meets us where we are, but also redeems whatever we have done. See, our betrayal or Remember this, that our failures to follow Jesus perfectly do not push Jesus away. They actually draw us, draw him more to us. They draw him to us even more. That, that, that John wants us to see that your mistakes, your sins, your betrayals, you're not living up to what you said you would live up to. He wants us to see those have nothing to do with how much you are loved. And this is hard to process in life because so much of how you are loved every day is based on what you do. And so it's hard to grab a hold of this message. We intellectually know it, but emotionally we have a hard time receiving it that our mistakes and our sins have nothing to do with how much you are loved. And John wants us to see that. Your mistakes and your sins have nothing to do with the relationship that Jesus wants with us. See, John already took care of that early in his letter. John chapter 3, 18 chapters earlier, 
he takes care of this mindset when he said, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus' mission was us, our sinful us, our imperfect us, our betrayal us every time we go against who we said we are in following him. And the moment you think the mistakes you make are what push Jesus away is the very moment you don't understand who he is and what he came to do. I'll tell you, that is where bad theology comes in. That when you think, because I made the mistake, I need to have a distance between me and God, that I need to run away, the the theology of your life needs to be that when you make a mistake, this only draws Jesus more to us because he wants to come wherever we are so he can redeem whatever we've done when you think you're unworthy is the moment you don't understand Jesus so I'll say again Jesus meets us where we are so he can redeem whatever we've done that's the story of Jesus that's the mission he had when he came to this earth That's why Jesus needs to ask the question to Peter, do you love me? I know you've made a mistake. I know you've lived this way. I saw what you did, but I've got to ask you, do you love me? Because that's what matters. That's why I need you to meet me around this fire with this fish and this bread because I need to bring you back to the scene earlier where you were around the fire in the courtyard and three denials happened. This is why we have to be in this scene again because you know sight and smells bring you back to a place, don't they? You've had those moments where you're like, this reminds me of that time. Jesus brought him back. Three denials, three affirmations, because Jesus wasn't done with Peter yet. Jesus wanted Peter to live out what he had called him to just a couple years before. He wanted him to rejoin him in the mission of redeeming this world, saving this world through his love. And that's the last thing I want you to see about this story. Not only does Jesus meet us where we are, redeem what he's done, what we've done, Jesus trusts us with his mission. This is interesting. I'm not sure how trustworthy you think you are for Jesus to give you his mission. In John chapter 10, so 11 chapters earlier, John tells us that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This is what Jesus said just a little bit earlier. And so do you catch the words that now Jesus says to Peter? Do you love me? What's he say? Feed my lambs. 
Do you love me? Take care of my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, I know you made a mistake. He says to you, I know you've made mistakes. I know you're not perfect. You may be broken because of this. But you say you love me. And the best way you can show me that you love me is to take on my mission. You know that I'm the good shepherd. Now go and do likewise. Jesus, it says, came to seek and save the lost. That is you, that is me. This is sinful people. I've come to seek those who are broken and shattered and cannot have life without me. This is why I've come. But after you're forgiven, after you're redeemed, made new, Jesus is trusting us. This is where John lands it. Trusting us to live like him. Do to others what Jesus just did to him. Point people to Jesus so they can experience what Peter just experienced through Jesus. Take care of people, love people, serve people. Be the shepherd just like Jesus did. It was this week I was on um, Instagram and I saw this story. It was a, a woman talking about Kintsugi. I want to read what she wrote, an experience she had with her daughter. She said, A few months ago, my daughter, Novali, picked, picked out a lamp for her bedroom from Target. The lamp is white ceramic. There are small star cutouts all over the base of the lamp with a bulb inside of it so the light shines through the stars. The lamp cloaks the room in a soft glow. We sit by the stars each night, her lying in my arms, and I rock her as we pray for everyone she knows. The other night, I opened the door of the bedroom to find the star lamp in pieces on the ground, and Novali was beside herself crying loudly, I broke the stars, I broke the stars. I cleared away the pieces and prepared to go to Target.com to get another lamp ordered. But then I had a stroke of genius. genius. The pieces were big. Surely I could fix the lamp. I just need to grab a little Gorilla Glue and we could put the pieces back together. As I searched the craft bin for some kind of crazy glue, I found a bottle of gold glitter, Elmer's glue, and that's when it hit me. Kintsugi. Kintsugi is the Japanese art of putting broken pottery pieces back together with gold glue. The practice comes from the word, and I can't pronounce it, I'm going to be honest, meaning golden seams. 
The Japanese believe that every piece is unique. When something breaks or gets cracks in it, that's not a sign to throw it out or give up on it. You put the pieces back together. The gold glue's purpose is to show in the cracks and be a clear sign to everyone that what was once is broken is now restored. At the core of Kintsuji is a belief that flaws don't make a vessel useless, that cracks and breaks actually make the piece more valuable. I gathered up the pieces of the lamp and placed them on my office desk so I could try to re uh, reassemble them the next morning. Novali kept crying, I broke it, I broke the stars. And I scooped her up and we sat in the darkness of the room together as I rocked her and told her about Kintsuji. Kintsuji, her little voice repeated back to me, her head tucked in my chest. Yes, Kintsuji, I told her, accidents happen, and so do mistakes. But just because something breaks doesn't mean it stops being useful. Your lamp of stars may be broken right now, but the light inside of it still works. It can still shine. Sometimes we feel broken, but we still have a big purpose, big purpose to fulfill. I explained to her that we can put some glue in the cracks, but that would be gold glue so that we can still see the cracks. The cracks don't discount us. They actually add to our value. They mean we've gone through something tough and we've come out the other side stronger and better. She's going to grow up in this world and is going to try with all of its might to convince her she's not good enough. That she needs to change that she needs to go with the crowd, that she needs to be perfect even though perfection is an impossible, mythical standard. And because I've stood in her shoes before, I know she might believe the world. I know she might try to fix herself. I know she might try to reach the impossible, mythical standards. I can't stop that from happening, but I can be here with the gold glue in my back pocket on the day she experiences that first tender break. We don't have to be afraid when things break. I want to tell her always. When we put the pieces back together after a break, we become even more valuable, even more resilient. That's the beautiful thing about us. We don't have to be afraid of breaks, tears, or scars. They just prove we showed up, kept going, even when the odds seemed against us. We don't have to be afraid when the stars break. We have gold glue for that. And we're going to shine again soon. John had one final song. John had one final word that he wanted everyone to go home thinking about, wanted everyone to remember. If you forget every one of the songs that were played before, I want you to remember this. If you for forget all the teaching before, I want you to remember this, that your life may be broken, but your life is not to be thrown away. Your life put in the hands of Jesus will always be made new again. 
you will still have those experiences. You'll still see and understand what you did in life, but you don't need to stay broken because your brokenness is in the hands of Jesus, and your life is still beautiful, beautiful enough to still continue the mission of building his kingdom. We've talked a lot about Jesus' questions for seven weeks now. And maybe the most important one is, yeah, I get you make mistakes, but do you love me? I get you're not perfect and you feel broken, but do you love me? I get your story of life and everyone for the rest of humanity will be able to connect to this truth that we all have our story, we all have our brokenness, we all have the things we carry and we wonder, are we still valuable? Are we still worthy? Can we still be used by God? Are we forgiven by God? But he goes and meets us wherever we are so he can redeem whatever we've done and so he can entrust us with here's my mission, you continue what I did because I'm the good shepherd and my and my sheep still need people to love them and serve them and care for them and point them to me because I want to save them too and so as we end this series I just want to put this in your lap how do you respond after you don't live the life that you know you should and you feel that bit of brokenness in you and may I remind you that God's mercy is so great. God's patience and grace is so more abundant than what we have that he is trying to meet you where you are so he can say, I'm not done with you. I'm gonna put things back together because I've still got something for you. So we're gonna end worship as we always do. And there's two responses I want you to have. One, can you thank God that through his death and resurrection, he puts you back together. And two, if there are parts of you that are broken and you need Jesus to meet you where you are, that you will let him take your pieces and bring it back to wholeness. Maybe you want to do that in your seat. Maybe you want to come to the front. You know, you know how we do here. But maybe for you, you, your brokenness is you've walked away from Jesus. And that putting together is simply, Jesus, forgive me. I know what I've done. Meet me where I am and restore my life. I believe you can do it. And so, Heavenly Father, thank you for always meeting us where we are. Thank you we got to see who you were and are through the life of Jesus. It's a perfect picture in front of us. And I thank you for John's letter to, to people that we get to see who you are. It, it just lets us get your heart. And God, I pray that our pride would not push us away from receiving how you want to restore our lives. God, for anybody in this room watching, listening online today, if we are broken in any way, may we pass those pieces to Jesus and say, you do what only you can do. I believe my life is still beautiful in your hands. 
thank you for being that kind of Savior. And it's your name we pray. Amen. Will you stand and worship and just respond to Jesus as he speaks to you? Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you liked this message and would like to hear more, check out our website at OurOneHope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.